Um, As we enter in this morning, uh, as was mentioned, this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of morning for you. So if you've been with us for a while, um, almost a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago now, I guess, uh, we began a series on the event of the Exodus. And we walked all the way through the book of Exodus and then into the book of Numbers as we looked at the implications of the fact that God, in this dramatic event, uh, came into an enslaved people, the people of Israel, uh, and rescued them out of slavery, uh, the slavery to the uh, strongest force, geopolitical force in the world at that time, and then led them out in this long, twisted way into the promised land. And uh, all of the implications that that story has for the Old Testament narrative, uh, but even more for the story of Jesus and the way that Jesus understood that and uh, saw his ministry as building on that truth. And so we've looked at that, and then over the last couple weeks, we've jumped into our vision statement and jumped into what it looks like for us to be the people of God. And uh, that's a There's been a lot of heavy stuff over the last year. If you've been with us, uh, you've gotten some some thick stuff that you've had time to wrestle with, hopefully. And so this is a hinge time because next week we're going to step into a, a practice series on the scriptures. Let me just briefly explain what that means. First of all, um, we are always preaching from the scriptures, but a practice series on the scriptures is really intended to be the Bible speaking about the Bible. And so we're going to talk about what it means for us to be formed by the Word of God in the very same way that Jesus was formed by the Word of God. It was one of the things that we see in the life of Christ is that he was formed by the Scriptures. And in the same way, the Scriptures are not intended for us just to be stuff that we know, but they're intended to form us. And so we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at the way we see the world through the lens of the Scriptures and how we engage the Scriptures. But it's also not just a series, it's what we call a practice series. So again, if you've been around for a bit, that's familiar language to you. Uh, What we believe here at York Alliance is that you're not changed, I'm not changed solely by what I believe, but I, I need to be changed at the desire, the heart level, the love level. Uh, the, the way I uh, usually illustrate that is that idea that I can know a lot of stuff uh, in, in my brain and in my consciousness. I can know what's true, but that doesn't change my behavior if I love something more. So I know that it's true that at 10 o'clock at night I should not eat ice cream, and I should especially not eat ice cream out of the container over the sink because that's a really, like it's a bad practice, right? And I could spend hours from like 8 to 10 o'clock at night, I could just be like absorbing nutritional information and reading websites about people who are like working out and getting inspired, you know, like reading all of this stuff. And then I'll close the computer at 10 o'clock and I'll go over to the freezer and I'll just get a bite until I finish half the carton, right? And I do that. Why? I don't, I don't do that because I know, like I, I don't know any better. I know better, but I have this, this heart desire, right? There's this thing in me. And that's, that's what happens to us. So when we talk about practice series, what we're saying is we don't simply want to know what's true. We want to, through the process of whole life engagement, we want to step into what's true as we ask God to form us, not just at the intellectual level, but at the heart and desire level. And so we want to do that in community with one another. And so uh, what you're going to see next week as you come in, we'll have a practice guide ready for you. You'll be able to grab one of those in the lobby. You can also get one uh, off of our website. And then for the six weeks after that, we'll be encouraging you to engage in those practices 
with a community, ideally a community group. If you're in a community group right now, that's the best place for you to do that. If you're not, this is a great time to jump in as we uh, jump into this series. Um, But maybe it's just a a group of families that you determine for the next six weeks, we're going to do this together. We're going to walk together or a couple friends that you pull together and you journey. The goal is that we would practice the word through teaching and practice within community so that God would begin to form and shape us. And so that's where we're headed. Uh, We're going to start into that next week. So for today, we're doing something called washing in the word. As Scott referenced, it comes out of uh, Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians 5, Paul says that husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church by giving himself up for her. And he makes this statement, that, that he might purify and sanctify her by the washing of water with the word. Now, if you know what that means, I'd like you to come talk to me afterwards because that, I've, I've studied that passage a bunch and it's just, there's, there's mystery in it. Like I have some idea of what that's supposed to be about, but there's mystery in this idea that through the washing of water with the word, in some way, Christ would purify us. And so what we like to do is, uh, after a long series where we've engaged a lot of stuff, we just want to take a breath. Uh, if you've ever been at one of those really fancy restaurants that I don't ever get to go to, but maybe you've gotten to go to, um, they, they have these, uh, they, they have a whole bunch of different, uh, like, a series of, uh, of foods. So all of these, like, kind of, you know, they have an appetizer, and then they have a soup, and they have all, so all these different courses. There might be, like, seven or eight courses. And in between the courses, they have this... Um, like a palate cleanser. Like for me, a palate cleanser is a drink of water in between. Um, but honestly, um, a course is not that little thing they put in front of me either. So it's, a, you know, whatever. It's, it's not my deal. But, um, but they, they do this thing so that um, whatever the last taste was in your mouth, you can cleanse that and then you can move on to the next thing. And in a way, uh, the word acts kind of like that. As we, you, You've heard a lot and there's a lot to digest. And so what, what we want to do today is just give you an opportunity to allow the Spirit to help you digest it. And the way we're going to do that is simply by hearing the Scriptures. So I'm just going to read the Scriptures over you with no commentary. You're just going to be able to listen. So let me just say a, a word or two about that. Um, as you listen, there's no right or wrong way to do it. And so whatever works for you to hear, that's great. If it's easiest for you, I'm going to kind of be wandering around the room. If it's easiest for you to look at me while I'm reading, look at me while I'm reading. That's creepy, but you can do it if you want to. It's fine. It's no problem. Uh, so you, can, you can look, you can close your eyes, and you can just kind of move stuff over to the side and breathe. That's fine. You can have a journal in front of you, and there may be like a, a word or a phrase that sticks out that you want to write down. Just jot that down. Um, There may be some of you that need at some point in time just to stand up and to say, like, I'm here, Lord, I'm hearing that. Or it may be that you want to move up to an altar at some point in time just to to pray and to listen. All of that's fine. There's no right or wrong way to do it. This is your time, our time, to be able to hear from the Lord. As we go, I'll just read, and then there'll be a couple points along the way. Alexa's just going to play some Um, some instrumental music behind, and we'll just be able to uh, be in the presence of the word. But as we stop and pause, Scott will just lead us a cappella in a chorus that we've already sung, one that's familiar, words will be on the screen, and you'll just be able to, uh, to sing into the truth, to just declare what's true in the middle. It just kind of, uh, as we listen, allows us to, again, just digest all that's happening. So along the way, there'll be a few pauses, and we'll just uh, sing the, the truth of the scriptures to one another. Uh, as we uh, as we listen. 
And then we'll wrap up our time. No commentary, no ending, just a, a time to be together. Listen to the word. We'll have a few songs of response and we'll close. So let me pray over us and would you prepare your hearts to be in the presence of Jesus. God, we take a deep breath in the beauty of your presence. We breathe in your goodness and we breathe out all of the cares and concerns of the day or the week ahead. We ask, God, that now you would allow us to have the grace of being fully present here in this space. God, as we listen, we recognize there's going to be times that our minds will wander what it means to be human. And so, God, would you just give us the grace to pull our minds back at that moment? That as uh, our mind kind of goes to some other thing, would you, just, would you just give us the grace to draw back in to the truth of your word? God, would you help us to sense the truth of the presence of your spirit as we hear your word? God, we deeply believe the word is a foundation for us. And that's the word itself, not the commentary on it or the declaration of it or the teaching of it, but the word is our, the foundation of our lives. And so God, would you help us to rest in you? I think of the psalmist saying that the, the beauty of being pulled out of the miry clay and having feet placed on the solid ground, your word is solid ground to us. And so God, would you prepare us to hear? I pray over my brothers and sisters and over my own heart that you would guard us from any word of the enemy during this time, that uh, voices that are not of you in our head would be taken away in Jesus' name, and that any distraction would be eliminated according to the, the sovereign reign of Jesus. So I pray, Jesus, that you would just place a, a border around this space so that during this time we can settle into your word can rest as your children and hear from you. And so God, give us grace to hear you through your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch 
She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. His sister stood at a distance to know what would be done with him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. During those many days, the king of Egypt died. The people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is burned, not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, but I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. And so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He would not listen to them, as the Lord said. Declaring that we belong to Jesus, he is all we need. Note these themes of um, belonging, of um, dependence, and of course allegiance as well. Come, let us sing together. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring that we belong to Jesus. He is all we need. Lift up a heart of praise. Sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the King. Once more. 
Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring that we belong to Jesus. He is all we need. Lift up a heart of praise. Sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the King. The Lord said to Moses, Yet one plague more I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor for silver and gold jewelry. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. So Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight... I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the cattle, there shall be a cry throughout all the land of Egypt such as there has never been nor ever will be again. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go, Select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood in the basin. None of you shall go out the door of his house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and he will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. When your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that way was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. For his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us 
according to his glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his very precious and great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why, what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you when we were in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians, whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter, therefore it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. They set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the people of Israel were grumbling against Moses and Aaron in the desert. The people of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? 
But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be for me a treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. If you'd like to stand with me for the next course, if you'd like to remain seated, that's fine as well. The first was a corporate call, this one an individual. Come rejoice now, O my soul, for his love is my reward. We'll sing it three times with increasing urgency as we commend our souls to God. Come rejoice now, O my soul, for his love is my reward. Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. Come rejoice now, O my soul, for his love is my reward. Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. Come rejoice now, O my soul, for his love is my reward. 
Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. Maybe seated. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron, and they said to him, Up! Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in, your, in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And the people said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, in order that I may make a great nation out of you. But Moses implored the Lord his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent did he bring them out, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars in the heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster he had spoken of bringing on his people. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people. They are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods whom shall go before us. As for this man Moses, we don't know what's become of him. So I said to them, let any of you who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me. I threw it in the fire and out came this calf. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in the sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you also have found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not take us up from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people in the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This is the very thing that you've spoken to me, and I will do it. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and the transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter into the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all 
of the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. They told them, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once to occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or that we would have died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader to go back to Egypt. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones whom you said would become prey, I will bring in. And they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and shall suffer for your faithlessness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, a year for each day, you shall bear your iniquity 40 years and you shall know my displeasure. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God. 